So, hello, Colin Keeley here. I'm here with Brent Sanders. And we're the co-founders of Avocado Audio. So we're back for the second episode. Um, two of two. So our, our thinking today is to talk to pricing and kind of you know, what we've done over the last week. Um, so on my side for what we've done, we've done some outbound sales. So we brought, we have a bunch of emails from a bunch of other marketplaces and trying to steal like the cream from the top of it. So that has been, you know, maybe not as successful as I was like, and then starting funding conversations. So we feel like we're kind of onto something. It's probably time to, you know, hire some people who get run some help um, and kind of expand out. And we think the market is big enough to you know, justify venture capital. You know, so we could talk about that more, but uh, what do you got, Brent? Yeah. On the tech side, I moved, uh, moved some of our use the, this week to move basically the assets we had on S3. It was actually, there was a bunch of stuff on my personal account. So <laughs> I moved it onto our professional account. So, uh, cause we saw a pretty big uptick last month or really the end of last month when we onboarded, um, our, you know, what do we want to call theory of me? What is that? Essentially our, is that an enterprise client? I don't know. It's our premium model where you can sort of co-brand and, um, it's, it's a seminar. I think we talked a little bit about it in the last podcast, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. We talked a good amount yeah. of how we set it up and everything. So in short, there, there was like two to 300 listeners, uh, in addition. So I saw a little bit of a, a price increase, which I had forgotten to, um, move off my personal account. So I got everything synced up to our, um, uh, avocado account, which we have a very generous, you know, shout out to Stripe Atlas. We have a, a really generous S3 or Amazon credit as well as a DigitalOcean credit, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, and that actually helps us kind of cover our costs so we don't see um, those increase. Because I think it's it wasn't substantial, but it was an interesting thing to see, um, you know, a price increase and see, it's hard to always forecast what are your bandwidth charges? What are your costs going to be on a on a business like this where we're, we're slinging files, right? We're slinging, we're sending people MP3 files or, um, you know, it's audio. So it's not going to be like video, which is really expensive, but, um, it was interesting to see, okay, well, 300 users actively using the product, listening to a bunch of courses. Uh, this is what it looks like versus what might've been projected, which is disproportionately hard. Uh, I'm sure there are some listeners out there that have been through trying to more on the tech side maybe, but try to forecast like what, you know, what type of user usage will result in what type of pricing. And there's a bunch of different strategies for that in the Amazon world, but it's really, really convoluted. And I feel like we're in a good spot though. I mean, it's, um, you know, we're, we're not, <laughs> we're not looking at an upside down situation where our customers are paying, you know, a certain rate and, and, you know, we're, we're upside down. We're, it, it makes sense though. It's, um, so that was my big thing last or this current week. And then looking forward to next week, I think, starting to look at the, the, the product again, I kind of took some time to pay tech debt this week. So uh, I like to do that after shipping a, a big feature. Like, so the week before it was getting our teacher storefronts up. And I think now we have some feedback, we've got some more uh, usage going on in the systems, more new courses got uploaded and seeing how that happened and, and quality of life updates are, are next up for uh, the teachers and trying to our instructor base. Yeah. And so as far as pricing goes, so we before were more like, uh, I guess, like Spotify for audio courses. So we were is free for the supply side. And then we were getting the demand and we were paying out based on listens. 
we pivoted. So now it's a SaaS model for creators. There's all these different types of creators. So kind of segmenting them and trying to figure out the, fa- the value we deliver and setting up the pricing was kind of difficult. Um, and I think that's the problem with like SaaS or startups in general is like value-based pricing when you don't know the value you're providing is hard. <laughs> yeah, it's a guess. It's a guess. And so I, like I set up kind of a pie in the sky in the future when we have all these features, this will be like our segmentation and everything. And it's basically based off competitors. Like that's the best way we could figure out how to price something. And so we have a few different types of customers. I'd say we have creators to an audience. So that's like someone with a, like a Twitter following selling their audio course. Creators to business, which is like Theory of Me and Jackie where she sells the businesses and they have like 250 employees to onboard. And then we have creators that are passive, which are more of the people we actually have. So we have 120 of those that we built for the previous business model. Well, let's talk people- about that for a second. I think this is interesting to, to dive into, right? So this is, when you say passive, you say, in my mind, this is somebody who spent the time to record a course. They had some knowledge, they thought that it was valuable, and then they, they uploaded it somewhere. And mm-hmm. in a lot of the case with a lot of our creators to Udemy, right? So that there's a built-in audience, like, is it truly passive? Like, I guess I should know more about their experience in, in getting started with Udemy, but is it like, if you list something on Udemy and it, even if it's a great course, like, is it truly passive or do you, like, how do you become popular on those platforms? Passive is maybe more insulting than I meant it to be. Like, <laughs> They're not audience builders, but you're like, you're trying to get reviews. What you end up doing is you give a lot away for free and make sure you get a bunch of five-star reviews to try to like game it and get promoted a little bit more. Got it. Got um, it. But I just meant passive as not audience builders, not like influencers in any sense. Right. Sure. That makes sense. And then the last group that we've had some inbound interest in, and I think has potential, but it's a little different is like just business and like LMS systems. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like my, my dad was going through his you know, yearly training or whatever, and it was on like a privacy and password security and all that stuff. And this, the software is abysmal. It's like straight out of the nineties, things don't even load properly. And you're just clicking through like crappy videos and, you know, basically like windows XP looking, you know, windows. Yeah. I remember you sent me a link to it. Like, what is this? And I found, and I don't remember, like you had to use a specific, very specific browser. Like you have to use a specific version of a very specific browser. And it wasn't like, hey, you can only use IE 11, but it might have been. It might've been just something that's like completely unacceptable in this day and age. But it, it seems like that world is, and I've worked with LMSs in the past and you know that world seems like it's very strict and it just reminds me of like sort of enterprise software right it's like there's a an incumbent in there because they check all the boxes and are compliant against all of the the concerns and therefore it's really hard for someone to come in there and sort of disrupt yeah and i think i see dollar signs there but it is a different market so it's not really our focus and for the creators they kind of a lot of them fall across those three categories of like audience builders selling to businesses and, you know, passive. Right. Um, So yeah, we ended up basically splitting up on transaction fees. So we have a free plan, which I think we probably sunset in the future, but we had to default all our old creators onto something, but these, the customers you get on a free plan are generally the worst ones and like a pain to deal with. 
And so we take a 30% transaction fee on those. Then we have a $50 a month plan, 5% transaction fee, $100 a month plan, zero transaction fee. Then Jackie is more like a premium. So it's zero transaction fee and bulk student imports. So that was the best way that I could figure to like segment those people that are actually making money off the platform and trying to, we know we're providing a lot of value there. I think we could easily double or triple that price. Yeah. Um, yeah. The thing I would say about like this sort of, I don't know, what are we calling it? The premium or enterprise tier? And it's, it's not, uh, it's not going to have a transaction fee. I mean, cause most of those, you know, they're not really transacting through our site necessarily. They're, you know, handshake deal going through some sort of requisition process with the business and then onboarding people onto our platform. And, you know, sure there are some, some sort of bulk addition features, but there's also like, it's, there's a co-branding to it and um, this idea that you can have cohorts. There's a whole feature set we've kind of put through based on what her business runs like. And I'm, I'm hoping I'm correct on other people running their businesses like this. And um, I don't know, I think there's going to be, I'm excited about that space. Obviously it's what's right in front of us and what has been the most successful sort of deal with Avocado to date, right? It's in, it continues to look promising. So I'm excited about that. I mean, I know we have a couple of different ways we can do this, but um, I think being a little more hands-on at early stage in that, you know, I work with, when they have a request, it's like we can quickly respond to it and, you know, model and make changes because everything's so early still. Um, that I do feel like we add a ton of value. Like I'm, I'm getting good feedback from her, which speaking of which, we're talking about maybe having this, you know, initial customer uh, come on and talk to, to us and, you know, give us, give us her feedback, see what, what her thoughts are. Yeah, I think that would be really good to hear from her. And then just one last thing on pricing is like, I think all these platforms that are taking high transaction fees, like Substack, for example, that no matter your size, they're taking 10%. I just think they're all going to get squeezed out. They're not really providing that really? value. I, I don't believe in it. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, go to, go to the app store, right? So the iOS app store, what do they take? 30? Is it 30% right now for your first year? Well, you have to be an Apple though. You don't have right. to be on Substack. Right. And so at some point you could hire like a full-time developer. Uh, not that you would need one, but I just think you lose like the best creators every yeah. time that you have that transaction fee at scale. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I mean, cause we've seen people do the same thing with audio course. I think we found a course, maybe we talked on the last podcast. It's like somebody had hacked an audio course platform on like Unsplash or something else. And it's like, they've, they're paying so much to keep this stuff live that, you know, based on, I guess they were around before we launched. So I don't think they had avocado as an option, but I think this is still a better option, like taking a transaction fee, but it's hard to, to stomach that. I know I've struggled with you know, I have a couple of uh, e-commerce stores out there that and I even struggle with the Spotify model or not Spotify, sorry, Shopify model where it's like they're taking a transaction fee and then every plugin you add also takes some sort of transaction fee. It's like that per perpetuity of that is, is pretty painful as a business owner. Like you just kind of want to make the investment and then start earning on that investment as your, your audience grows. So I, I feel like we, we made it so you can kind of cut it any different way. You can get out of that transaction fee entirely. You just pay a flat fee. And so if you're at scale, I, I agree. I think we, we have a way that once you've proven out that initial market, it's like, okay, you can just make this investment. It makes sense for all of us and you can scale, scale, scale. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anything else you want to talk about 
pricing. I mean, I think we're probably low right now and we'll raise in the future as we add more features as like every SaaS ever has been. Yeah. So they're undercharging. Yeah. I mean, as you said, it's, you know, it's, a, it's still a small company. It's one engineer, you know, I, I'm only getting so many features out of, at a time. I mean, uh, we're not moving at a breakneck speed just from a, I don't like shipping stuff that breaks. I feel like I, I'm going to pat myself on the back there for a moment. I'm, I know I'm super cautious about like testing and everything, but we do have two native apps out there, or at least React native apps that um, so far, and I'm knocking on wood, I probably shouldn't even say this, but we really haven't run into any major issues. We probably could move a little faster, but still with one person, um, we're just being really intentional around what we're building and you know, making sure we're getting feedback. And if it's needed, I really can't stomach uh, unnecessarily you know, building something that you know there really wasn't any demand for in, to begin with. So we're trying to validate as much as possible. So I don't know, I feel like in terms of our pricing, like going back to what I was talking about when I did this week with S3, it's like, I think we've aligned ourselves really well to um, what our costs are, which I think is a real, like in looking at a SaaS business, if you don't do that, you, you end up scaling yourself into a real problem, which I think a lot of people ignore. I've definitely seen some cases where you know, their AWS charges start exploding because they're exploding and they need to raise and then figure everything out. So I'm not trying to overbuild to that point, like, but I do think we've structured our pricing in a way that protects us. Yeah, for sure. At, at some point, I would like to move to getting rid of the free tier and do like a 14-day free trial kind of thing and get our creators more invested in building an avocado instead of just like dabbling and uploading and walking away. I think a great example of that, and I wanted to bring this up, um, and I don't know how, what the full evolution, are you familiar with this site? It's hrefs.com. It's like an SEO analysis site. Yeah. And so I think, I don't remember the full story, but it was something like, how do they structure their, their trial? And what they do is they basically have a seven day trial for $7. Mm. And what I, I've used it for, I'll always, you know, have a new project, I'll sign up to hrefs for the trial, pop in. I just want to get a one time, like one run of their system analysis, maybe make some changes and then basically bail out of the trial. And I think they realized it and kind of embraced that saying like, just use us as that appliance, pay us $7. That must, I'm hoping that's worth it to them. And they must see, um, you know, people stay on if they really get the value. And if you're kind of a longer term thing, but there's always that sort of need of, Hey, this is an initial idea putting this site together, I just want to make sure it's going to rank correctly because it has the right keywords, or whatever I'm going after. So I think like a really effective trial strategy is, is knowing what is that first, like putting your, your shoes in the, putting yourself in the customer's shoes, being empathetic to like, Hey, they just want, they don't have $30 a month on this, you know, new website. They just want to run, pay $7 one time, get a scan. We're happy with it. They're happy with it. And then we also have their email. And if their project is successful and it, their e-commerce store grows, we'll get them back. You know, it's like maybe that $7 is not worth it to them, but it must work because they kept it and it seems to be really good. Shopify was always really annoying with this because it's not super easy to set up a store and you could only set up a store for like a month and then they start charging you. Right. And I felt like my stores were never ready and they're like, all right, 50 bucks a month now, you got to pay it no matter what. <laughs> and you can't work on your store. Um, that was obnoxious. Yeah. Webflow fix it. You could just work on your site, I think indefinitely before you actually have to pay. But for us, yes. it's like, it's not that much work to set up a store. It, you just upload your files, upload like some text and a photo and you're kind of good to go. 
Yeah. There's a beauty in that, right? So there's, there's not a lot of functionality, right? So we, it's pretty prescriptive, but I think at this stage of the business, that's the right approach to take. Like I could be spending weeks and weeks and weeks and trying to make like a really nice page builder or store builder. And it's like, we don't really see the value there. I mean, right now, right. We don't know if that's going to be valuable. What we have put together is a handsome store. Um, it puts your content in a good light. And if, also if you've already listed your course with us, you get that for free. So it's, um, it's a nice, I think a nice landing. We have a nice checkout experience. You can't customize anything right now. And I, I don't know that we're like, that's really a, a, it's not a priority for us, but I don't think it's a priority for our creators either. I mean, I don't know that, um, differentiation on your audio storefront is, I mean, it's such a novel idea right now that I think, uh, the creators that really start to adopt it will already kind of stick out because they even have an avocado store. Yeah. It, it looks really nice and it's like an non-offensive design, inoffensive design. It's just like a nice and bright. I think it works for basically any kind of content as is. Yeah. And huge shout out to the folks at Tailwind UI because they basically designed it. It's a, that is, if you guys use Tailwind CSS, but there's this kit called Tailwind UI that, um, Think, I believe I paid at some point. I don't really know how they're monetizing it, but it's this wonderful, wonderful collection of, of UI pieces, which frankly, like we wouldn't be uh, in as good of a spot as we are with our entire product, both the back end, the front end without that kit. Cause I'm, you know, full stack engineer. I'm not much of a designer, but I'm able to, to use these, these pieces and it. And it creates a wonderful, what did you call it? Inoffensive design. It's, uh, <laughs> it's handsome though. I think it's, it really is. It, it levels up our ability to put out a good product like immensely. Cause that's always been a struggle for me and gotta love, I mean, this is one of the beautiful parts of the, where the internet's been going, just people helping other people, you know, with great developer tools. So shout out to tailwind UI. Absolutely. Um, what, what else would you like to talk about? Uh, I don't know. I mean, we talked about pricing. I mean, I, I had put on, you know, in my mind around like discounting in prior startups I've worked with getting into the discounting game. I mean, so we did some outreach. It was okay. We didn't get a great response. Like, could we come out with, and I, I don't think right now this is the driver, but it's usually more like B2C. Um, hey, let, let's throw out a coupon code. And I, I'm of the mindset. And I would be, if you were to, if we were to come up with an idea around that, it's just, I of the mindset that it attracts the wrong customers, especially for early stage. I, I, to me, I think that's a, a no, no. It's like, if you don't have to, I mean, obviously we were talking about for how do you differentiate in a big market, like on Udemy, it's like, yes, you're going to need to discount. There's kind of no way around it. But for us, I feel like, you know, discounting kind of sets off on the wrong foot. Yeah. And for us, uh, we have a free tier with basically all the features of every other tier for the most part. And it just has the transaction fee. So it's kind of zero risk for them to get started. Mm -hmm. And then like, as far as like broadcasting this out, we've done some like cold outbound emails, but uh, like our highest value leads that we have, we haven't reached out to yet. I kind of want to get that testimonial up on the website first. So record with Jackie, turn it into a blog post and kind of explain what a success story looks like with avocado and then we'll target the high value leads next i mean to me that's kind of what i'd like to see the product move towards is like building out we did build out some features for jackie that i don't think 
you could get access to, right? This is like, you have to reach out to us and it's sort of our enterprise tier. But again, it's so early. I'd love to yeah, market those features, make them available to everybody, make them available to people that are doing her type of work, which I think is a, in the time of COVID, there's a lot of coaches that were um, doing seminars or whatever that they're having to go online. I think audio is a, a wonderful platform, especially in the wellness space or really any space where you, you know, everyone's in front of their machine way too long anyway. So anyways, not, not at the main value proposition of, of avocado, but I, those features and use cases are not at all publicized. Like you can really do a lot with our product in, in other contexts. And so I'm really excited to add some of those features, make them a little more robust and then publicize them. Yeah. And then the question is like, how best to reach more Jackies? So I, we have a good system to do like cold outbound to these, I keep calling them passive, but those kind of people. And then we have to figure out more to find more Jackies. And I think referrals are, could be really good. Like mm -hmm. I think these, these coaches, you know, share their tools with each other and we're going to offer 30% lifetime. So every month, these people that refer can make quite a bit of money. I think it's going to be killer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so too. I'm jazzed up about this. I mean, I say this and I don't want it to sound, um, you know, cold or insensitive, but in this time, right. So this is middle of October, 2020 COVID is, I mean, pretty much the, the, the main thing that everyone's on everyone's mind right now, but being in a position where you're creating new software or building new processes, I feel like there's a unique opportunity at this particular time. So I don't know. I, that, that is one thing about this time that I'm trying to be positive about is that you know, the world is changing and being able to respond to that change is we're in a pretty unique position to do that. I mean, I think there's the whole audio thesis here in this business and it's central to what we're doing. And, and I'm not proposing changing that, but just having options for, for people as they're trying to figure out how do I run a business that is in person and right. We're, we're still many months into the pandemic and I think many months more to go, but everyone's still kind of figuring this out. Yeah. To me, this is just so clearly the future. Like there's no way in the future we're staring at screens 10 hours no. a day. No, my God, I hope not. So it's just uh, like a, a time of temporary insanity. And then it's more of a question of like, 100% of the like e-learning market is not going to be video based. And then it's a question of like, how do you start? Where do you target audio learning mm -hmm. first? I think the Jackies are interesting because they're doing this learning that a lot of these employees probably don't want to be doing, but they're required to by their companies. And so after like a long day of work, they really don't want to stare at another screen. Um, ugh, so. I know I don't. I, I spend way too much time. Everything's ugh, just hurts my eyes just in head thinking about it. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think we should probably leave it there and, and get excited for, for what's coming up next week. Hopefully have Jackie on. Um, if not, you know, we can at least talk about our conversation with her. But um, yeah, I think that's that's about it on my end. Yeah, same here. Uh, if you guys are listening, thank, thank you again. Uh, reach out on Twitter to either of us and give us feedback and any topics you'd like to hear. We're pretty open. Like we could tackle a topic a week. We could talk about what we did over the previous week, what the plan is for the next week, or basically whatever is interesting to folks. Yeah, thanks for listening. All right, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.